You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Pamela and Mariah. Yeah, and what's puberty? The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help. Hello, and welcome to the Salty Sex Cast. You guys, we're episode 30. Woohoo! I think that's crazy. It's exciting. Yeah. So I am Pamela. And I'm Mariah. And Brady's disappeared for a moment. Are you I'm, still there? I'm Brady? still here. I'm just reserving oh. bandwidth. Gotcha. Uh, so your video's off. Um, we're oh. still coming in via Zoom. We're still quarantining podcast recording. <laughs> no, it's it's been good. It really has put a lot of things in perspective, though, and how many jobs we can do from home. So I thought that was kind of cool, too. And um, I can now say I have homeschooled my children. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I've I've put them on a computer and let them do their thing. But no, it's it's been not terrible. Yep. That's all I'll say on that. Good. Good. So today um, we are going to first give a little shout out to CJ, who is our um, $50 patron. And at that level, you get to choose three of our topics for, for episodes. And so he sent us an email and asked us to talk about love today. And I'll read to you specifically what he, he asked us to speak on. Love. There are so many types that correlate with sexual expression and an equal number that don't. What does it mean to the three of you in every aspect? That's such a loaded question. <laughs> so it's so broad, but I mean, but it's good to do some of that, like um, self-reflection and kind of yeah. what oh, your hair looks beautiful in the wind for a moment. <laughs> Like, you're outside so become a patron and you can see it too my red lipstick that matches with the red cheddar <laughs> um it, it's good because how often do you actually think about that definition for yourself yeah I mean you can think about it in the sense or the feeling or like before you actually say it to somebody and like, I love you, or I love this, and there's, um, but then when you're adding that sexual aspect on there, or taking it away, you know, whatever that looks like, um, does that change the definition at all for you? Yeah. For, um, for me, sex is such an integral part of romantic expression. Like, I don't know how I would conduct a romantic relationship without it. And I have... A friend, actually probably more than one, but I know I have a close friend who is asexual and who is, you know, been looking for that and, and recently found somebody, um, you know, that's, that's willing to have that, that love without the sexual expression. And I just, I don't know if I'm capable of that. Yeah. Do you I think mean, you are, Mariah? Um, not long term. <laughs> no. But we may have a challenge in the future and challenge some of our listeners to try that type of relationship for, you know, a period of time, you know, taking away some of that sexual aspect of it. But yeah, so um, we were actually from it. Sorry. No, we were fine. actually challenged by our, if you'll remember our guests um, from the diabetes episode. Um, one of them is a, I'm sorry, do you remember what it's called? The, um, intimacy and diabetes. No, no, no. I mean the, the, the type of Jew, Jewish orthodox. Orthodox Jew. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word orthodox. <clears throat> so she, she is an orthodox Jew and she, um, she said that every, every month during her menstrual cycle, she and her husband don't touch at all because it's it, that's part of the religion and then they they go and take a ritual bath and she's doing a study on 
the effects that that has on strengthening the other aspects of the relationship. And um, she said that so far she studied heteronormative couples um, that are not Jewish that have uh, tried this out. I think they, they stay away from each other for 12 days, no touching, no kissing, no physical intimacy of any kind. And then when they come back together, overwhelmingly they um, feel this enrichment of their relationship and excitement, like renewed excitement to be with each other. Yeah. And she challenged us to do that and we haven't done it yet, but we will. We're kind of, um, she wanted to kind of get this challenge and it defined and everything. So then we could follow like the challenge, how she had it, um, kind of in her head to help with her book. She's writing another book she's writing. So it'll be fun. And I'm, you know, I think I have my husband on board, (laughs) um, but you know, it's kind of taking away a, a sense, like you have your five senses. So if you take away sound or smell or eyesight, other things kind of heighten, you have to rely on other things a little bit more. So I think it'll be really, really interesting, but I'm right there with you, Pamela. I can't have a full in love experience if I can't be physically intimate with somebody. Yeah. Sexually, physically intimate with somebody. Um, There was many, many, many years, honestly, not until my husband and I were married for a couple of years that sex finally was that tool to get me there instead of just sex. It was making love. It was being intimate and not just physical, if that makes sense. Wait, yeah. Clarify for me. So you're saying that. was a tool for such a long time that was such a surface tool. You know, it was like. um, Are you saying that it took you a while to connect the romantic intimacy, like the feeling behind the sex with the sexual act? For me too. It took me a long time to actually like learn how to make love versus just fuck. And wanting it fully, the full experience, not just being a participant like, "Eh, yeah. And, and, and even though, and even, and I don't even want to say, "Eh," because there's sometimes it's super fun, you know, it's like, sometimes it's super fun to go um, to the gym and sometimes it's super fun to like go play and, you know, have a cool experience and it does feel good. And it is kind of a bit of a power thing, but to fully experience it in um, kind of that very deep, intimate level, it took very long time for me to, and it took a lot of trust and a lot of trust in myself. And it happened and it had to be from me first. Like someone couldn't tell me this definition or give me a process to follow that I think I could have. Like there was no Mm -hmm. formula. It had to be, I had to be very open. I had to be very honest with what I wanted um, and ask myself and be vulnerable was a huge part of that. Yeah, I think that a lot of people probably miss out on the full sexual experience because they have these walls up. I know I did for a really long time. I had these walls up. I was afraid to be vulnerable enough to take those walls down and express my love for another person sexually. But once I did, it was like, holy fuck, what have I been missing all these years? You know, um, it's like the most incredible thing I've experienced. And it's like, I still enjoy having casual sex. Um, like you said, sex can be just fun and that's, that's great. But it just pales in comparison to this other experience. And so I just, I'm not as motivated anymore to make that happen. Or if I do make it happen, I like include someone that I love in the experience to heighten that experience it is it's 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 a it's sex leveled up you know yeah love um and being in love with somebody 
Um, you know, cause I'll kind of talk about that in a little bit and my own definitions and how I see it and how I viewed things. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it really does just kind of help you connect with someone and really appreciate that person and, um, appreciate yourself and what you can share with that person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would totally agree because like sex is great and sex can be really, really great with somebody, um, and really, really fun. But when you know it's, um, at that level of intimacy and trust and vulnerability and, um, all the things that kind of go with like love, I think that's when it was like, whoa, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> like about, I won't want this. How about you, Brady? Have you, like, what is your experience with lovemaking versus just sex? Um, that's kind of a loaded <laughs> question. You guys and just, his, you guys just said such wonderful, right <laughs> <laughs> you guys just said such wonderful things. I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> um, it definitely, it definitely, like you say, uh, early on in my life, it was something that was just like, whoa, that's fun. Um, as far as sex goes. And then, yeah, as I got older and I tied sex with people that I cared about together, definitely made the sex better for sure. But, uh, I don't know. I was thinking about this question today, and I'm probably the worst person to ask, to be honest with you. Why is that? <clears throat> it's a chemical reaction. Yeah. It's, uh... Everything is, though. <laughs> Everything that happens in our brain yeah, but, is a chemical reaction. But nobody wants to hear that, right? Everybody wants to hear the philosophical answer, not the scientific answer. And uh, I think it's... the scientific answer is just as valid, if not more valid. If not more valid, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a drive, right? There's an evolutionary drive for, and I was talking to my wife about it today. Jamie, everybody's heard her name. Um, you know, like if something bad were going to happen to her, even though we don't plan on procreating, because we've bonded sexually, I would be likely to protect her, right, from something bad happening. Right. And there's a difference between love, like I have for my daughter who I would protect because she's my genetic material. Yeah. And being in love with a significant other. And then, you know, like the love I have for a friend versus my daughter versus my spouse. It's all kind of a it's kind of a loaded question for me. Yeah, we we use these umbrella words. Yeah. Like love, right? For so many different types of emotions. Yeah, cuz I love cheese. But I'm not going to stick a cube of cheese up my hoo-ha. To You're have not going to marry cheese? Heightened experience. I might marry you know. cheese. I, I like it a lot. I think Jamie. I would get bored of it. I'd maybe like, I, I'd want more flavor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is it just one kind of cheese? I'd marry a cheese tray. How about that? <laughs> but, it, you know, so you, yeah, you. we don't have enough words, common words to describe the different types of love so I think we're going to cover quite a few of them today and kind of what that is like we both already have said love and in love where yeah. do you differentiate those for yourself well the funny thing is too is you can have this the two different types of emotion for the same person right you can still love somebody but not be in love with them anymore yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, me and me and Jamie were kind of talking about it. Like, where do we draw that line? And um, Jamie said that it would be uh, like an example would be if you did like a police lineup of people she was currently romantically involved with. And in love would be the people she picked to keep. And I love you, but I'm not in love with you would be the people who get uh, sort of discarded. Right. How do you make that definition, right? Because I think both of you guys could probably think back to a time where you were, and I'm doing air quotes, in love with someone who's shitty for you. Oh, yeah. Right? 
Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think we need to, to make a distinction between infatuation and being in love as well. Right? True. Certainly. I think that yeah, so where's, where's that definition? For you? People confuse those two things all of the time. And I, I feel like infatuation is easy to recognize because there are, because the behavior patterns and the drives are so similar for every single person that you feel that for. Um, it, it always happens at the beginning of a relationship. Um, in poly, they call it NRE, new relationship energy, where you're just like, you feel panicked almost to be in each other's presence, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that comes from an insecurity, a fear that that person isn't going to stick around okay so you know what I mean so it's like oh I need to be with them as much as possible to build that bond like I got to build that bond so that we'll be together forever um and and yeah you have the the butterflies and the goosebumps and but mostly it's that drive right the the kind of obsessive love the thinking about them all the time the wanting to be with them all the time um I think we become infatuated with a lot of people that are really not good for us. I think it's less common that we fall in love with people that aren't good for us. Um, It's more likely that we're mistaking being in love for something else if it's an unhealthy relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, and then, I mean, you have like, uh, then you have that lust that's like, mm. That could be hormonal. That could be like all oh, your your sense, your energy you're giving off. I just want to like get my you know claws on you and not let go, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. that's there. And 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 you know, and I I go back to my husband with all these things because I would say I am in love with that person. Um, this is something that you know, and we go through phases of like that um like lustful energy and but then it's you know it's when I say in love it's kind of this moving bubble that moves with how I'm growing and changing right relationships are dynamic exactly and he's able to grow and change with me and is willing to instead of saying stagnant and as I leave, it's kind of like we separate kind of thing. It's someone I've chosen to put in this per- in this place. Um, I don't think there's a term of like love at first sight. Um, I think in my own life experience, it has been something you have to fucking work for. It's not given. It's not um, automatic. Um, lust and infatuation, those can totally be automatic. That can be really, yeah. really quick. But to be like truly in love with someone and experience that, like making love and that heightened sexual experience, you have to really, really work for it and have to be very, very vulnerable and have to open up. Um, I'm really glad, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people use the term falling in love. Like most, I almost brought that up too. (laughs) Yeah. And I think we fall into infatuation. I don't think we fall into love. I, I agree with you. It is a choice every fucking day. I build into love. I grow into love. Um, yeah, I, um, I would definitely say that like it is a time and work component that makes it. And, um, you know, willing to make sacrifices, willing to be vulnerable, willing to, you know, all the things that go into a healthy relationship. (laughs) I can sit here and keep going, like communication and all these things. And I was like, (laughs) a healthy relationship at that point. But that I think is what would build it for me. Um, and again, this is just me speaking for my life experience, and I've never really looked at these definitions of these words in a book and compared it to my life experience, um, recently at least not, and definitely not since I felt like I have had what I can say is like a, you know, I don't know, 
and I don't believe in soulmates. Oh, come on. That's the next question I was going to ask you. Do you believe that you can... Actually, this isn't really related to that exactly, but but sort of. In my mind, it is. Like, do you believe that you can be in love with two people simultaneously? Um, I do. No. <laughs> because of what I've seen and heard and slowly experienced and opened my eyes to. Not because I am there, but because I'm like, you know, I truly think that that could happen. Yeah. Um, it's an, you know, and I, I talked about this a little bit in the After Dark episode with Abby. Um, it, it's an exponent. <laughs> you have to work harder. It's not just work by double. You know, it is you're multiplying it by however many people are now inside of your love bubble. Yeah. In love bubble. And you all have to work together to stay in that you know, instead of slowly shifting into your own or morphing into another one, you know, like a, um, it's a lot of fucking work, Kevin. It? <clears throat> it has to be a lot of, you have to be extra vulnerable and extra trust, trusting and, um, yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't say you couldn't. Okay. What about you, Brady? Uh, yeah, I think I, think I, for me, it's totally possible. I think, I think I could be in love with more than one person at the same time. I watched uh, that documentary. I remember, I think we talked about it in one of our episodes, where the polygamist in southern Utah was taking his newest wife to go give birth to their first child. And they had been arguing uh, quite a bit. And one of the arguments they were having was she didn't feel like he could possibly love her as much as he loved the other women. And... Now that I and then she had her kid, her first child, and like on the way back from the hospital was like, Oh, I love this kid just as much as I love you. And then he was like, See, that's what it's like for me with my wives. I can have an equal amount of love for each one of you. A lot of people use that example to explain Polly that, you know, we we love all of our children. Maybe not exactly the same way, but kind of on the same level. Um, and it's that way with partners, too. Well, yeah. I mean, you express that a little bit differently. You have these different relationships. You have different interactions with your kids. You can connect with things. Um, personalities can connect a little bit better on different levels. But you still hold that same space of love for them. It might just look different or even feel different compared to kids, you know, and there's jealousy between siblings and there's, you know, there's, that's, I think it's such a good way to explain it because most people have multiple children. Um, And so that they can at least fill it or at least can see like between a child and a spouse or something, you know, and that love that they can have or, um, yeah, or if they don't have multiple children, maybe they're they have siblings, and felt yeah. their parents' love for them. Yeah, like I was trying to think like between mom and dad, but I'm like, eh, I don't know if that would work out for everyone. It depends on how healthy they grew up, but um, what kind of love they felt in the home type thing. But yeah, I think it's person because you still hold that space for somebody in your. In your heart, you know, um, it's, it's, it just looks different. It might come out differently. You might have a different connection. More things can be unsaid, more things, you know, it's just, but it's still that equal amount ish. I mean, for the most part, yeah, if it can even be measured, which it can't. So, yeah, I'm mean, that's a silly thing that the question was wrong or, or the, the premise was wrong for that last wife, newest wife, whatever to ask or to say that, um, you know, she was worried or or concerned that her husband didn't love her as much. I think when we start measuring, making it a competition, right? That's when you really get into unhealthy territory. You're measuring, you're wanting a, a quantitative number or whatever measure or 
definition, but something that cannot be measured. Cannot be measured. It's an emotion and you, you cannot measure an emotion. As far as I know, if any of our listeners know how to do that, please write to us um, and let us know. I mean, they, they try. They try to <laughs> measure brain waves and, and, yeah. and activity in brains, but that's just because those are the tools we have. Right. Um, you know, there there isn't one tool that's going to be able to measure love in the definition of what love is. Right. So, right, um, exactly. Not in how we're explaining it. Yeah. And I just realized I'm like, every time I nod, my computer's going up and down. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> might move my thing instead of on my lap. But anyway, and the sexual part of it, um, to be in love with somebody, I don't know if I could ever gain that without like before sex I've never tried but that would be I think difficult because to to be in love with someone you almost have to share every part of you and I feel like sex is a huge part of you yeah intimacy is a huge part of you if you can't be physically intimate with somebody can you be in love with them and this is a question that I'm just asking I'm not like saying like that that's impossible but for myself I don't I don't think so Bert said to me this afternoon um that he he knows that the way to Pamela's heart is through her pussy yeah and it's true like <laughs> like bones connected to the heart bone you know it works <laughs> like yeah we've been having some relationship challenges over the last month and um for sure, like, when he fucks me, I, I definitely feel more love for him. I feel closer to him. And it's just, I think because so many of those hormones that are released during sex. Oxytocin. Oxytocin are the same ones that make you feel that love connection. Which is a good reason to be careful about who you fuck. Yes. Yes, exactly. And that's why, you know um condoms for so long everyone was so afraid of casual sex yeah we're gonna be falling in and out of love with everybody <laughs> like, yeah. what's that gonna do to society um but if you go in knowing that you can put up some walls you can put up some boundaries but doesn't that take experience don't you think i like i think as a young person was new to sex I don't know that I was capable of that no I had to experience all those crappy things first yeah and um I just did a quick google search and there are oxytocin antagonists available I mean I don't know how you get that prescribed but it could totally prevent falling in love with a one-night stand if you could pick up like a plan b and an (laughs) anti-oxytocin That's my million dollar idea. Just tell your doctor that you're going out with a dick. I don't want to fall in love. That you need some dick. But I love the, yeah, exactly. I just need some dick <laughs> in my life, but I don't want any. That's, that's my million dollar idea right there, Pfizer. You need to uh, come out with a one night stand <laughs> pill that's a plan B and an anti-oxytocin so you don't fall in love. See, what I see is a lot of guys using that so they can be sleazy. Because <laughs> they're too worried that girl's gonna get clingy after a one night stand. So yes, guys, is- though, because I feel like okay, men, and probably Andy's gonna have something to say about this. <laughs> but, but in my limited experience, um, I found that men are a lot more clingy than women. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, that's a hundred percent true. <laughs> I would be interesting to bring Andy in on this conversation uh, because like they were talking about in the last podcast, we don't have the language to discuss these different things that we're now learning about and that are going on in the world. And I feel like it's the same way with love. We don't have the words yet to describe all these different things we're talking about. Uh oh, did I lose him? 
I'm here. Okay. I had to mute my mic. I had to mute my mic too because I sneezed. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, great timing. Uh, I'll just keep a monologue. I I had to mute my mic because I my the wall that I'm sharing right here. There's a bathroom on the other side, and someone started to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so you should have ran around the corner and put the mic to the door. <laughs> oh. No embarrassment in this show. Mm. I also had baked beans for dinner, so that's fun. <laughs> Speaking of love, being in love with someone and being vulnerable. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, I mean, you know, we kind of talked about it earlier, but me and my wife did as we were, I was sort of mentally preparing for this episode. Um, if I'm in love with someone versus I just love them, I'm a lot more tolerable of shit that would normally drive me insane. Yeah. It's not very profound, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of like the love, uh, love had such a strong meaning um, for me for a long time that I was like, I was super weirded out when I had friends say, I love you. I'm like, but that's not, that's reserved for like lovers and romantic love romantic relationships and so it was kind of weird for me um there's very very select few probably the people that i will go and give an unsolicited hug to will be the same people i say i love you too that makes sense like friends um but you know because it's something like with abby um we we say we love each other you know, and I had to kind of think of like, <laughs> thanks, Brady. He changed the screen to say, love you guys. <laughs> um, had to kind of ask myself, like, am I saying this just because they're saying it too? Like Justin and Abby. And so I feel like the pressure to be like, oh, no, I love you too. Um, you know, and so I don't just throw it around either. I throw it around when it's food. Like, oh, I love that food or I love that place. But when I think it's when I'm attaching love to a person, um, I really, truly mean it. Like, I'm really, really careful of throwing that away or throwing that around, not away. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's interesting because I haven't thought about it before, but I do tell quite a lot of my friends that I love them. And some of those friends I have sex with, too. But I'm not in love with them. No. But what we have is really special and intimate. And honestly, it's like my my preference for casual sex is like not that casual anymore. Like I really, even though I might not see that person or talk to that person a whole lot, like I love having that connection. Um that like emotional intimacy that allows me to tell them that I love them um, in addition to fucking them. And there's no um, pressure to have that there. When you say love, like, Oh, I love you. Um, I always thought there was like an, uh, almost an agreement that was coming with it, you know? Yeah. Like if you love somebody, you're you're in a relationship. If you love somebody, you're um kind of committing to them that you're going to act a certain way. Um, but learning that that it's not always that was really helpful for me because it's like I don't want to say I love you to a friend and then like you know expect something. Or, or yeah. me expecting something from them if I say I love you. Like, oh, you're my best friend now and you're going to be hanging out with me every day. You know, I don't know whatever it looks like. But um, I think maybe because it came with so many expectations when I was younger, as like a younger person experiencing life and love and sex and things, typically that came with expectations of how you act. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. People make a lot of, 
people are, are afraid, I think, of that emotional intimacy without the relationship because mm-hmm. they just don't have a lot of experience with it. Like we just met this new couple online um, that, you know, we were just looking for some fun sexual experiences. And uh, so we put we put a profile up on a dating app for couples and um, we met this couple online, but they, the, the guy anyway, seems to be like really afraid of creating a, a real friend connection, you know, oh, like just wants to keep surface. it, at, huh? He wants it very surface. Level. Yeah, very sur- like just wants to keep it at sex. Um, Cause I think he feels threatened by that kind of like emotional intimacy and I. Well, what the shit just happened? I'm reconnecting. Hey guys, we just lost service for a second there. Not a hundred percent sure what happened. I was just opening up some information here. Oh, and we're back. That's what I get for clicking on stuff. Is. Um, vulnerable and emotionally intimate without it being committed and a lot lot of work (laughs) you know like you can love without being in love you can you can share those experiences and be like today gone tomorrow yeah like have have a great month I'll see you later you know like um this was beautiful. And, you know, I was fully present in this moment, but we, we don't have to have a relationship just because we had this moment. Um, and I think a lot of people miss out on great experiences because of that fear. I think you put it really well. Um, you know, just that it needs to be long-term, like love should be long-term. You can't, it can't change with, your growth, you know, like, I don't, I really think that's maybe another pressure on using that word. And if you do use that word, it's like, you know, it's a commitment thing, just like you said. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's a huge fear for a lot of people. Um, Brady, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? You can? Yes, I can. You kind of were a little jumpy for a second, but I can hear you. Um, Okay. Yeah. And I know you lost the signal for a second. So we just kind of were quiet and looked at each other intently. <laughs> Not a bad yeah. view. 30 seconds. With love. Not a bad view. <laughs> All good. I just wanted to make sure that we're still recording. I am still recording. We are currently at 37 minutes. Cool. Cool. But. Chess. And having that sexual component and the attachment. I think some yeah. people are worried about too. Like, yes. Uh, um, if you love me, I have to love you is the other thing. I think it's no. the obligation that comes along with that attachment that, yeah. that people don't want to deal with, but why does it have to be there? You yeah. know, like why do you have to have the attachment or the obligation can't you just have the end? Oh, and we just lost him again. We are currently reconnecting. Sorry, everyone. Oh, yeah. I'm back. So I think I was saying the commitment. Why can't, yeah, why can't you have? the um intimacy without the attachment or yeah or commitment yeah i mean like i'm wondering how you would feel if someone said i love you and you didn't feel it back and you just said thank you instead of feeling the pressure to have to say it back even if you don't mean it which is completely fine and valid um and just saying thank you like i, I really care for you I don't know. Or if you don't care for that person, just saying, I'm glad you shared that with me. <laughs> you know, 
letting him down some way, but I feel like, you know, that is that huge, uh, huge pressure. If somebody says, I love you, you have to say it back. But you can respond like, that means so much to me. Like, I mean, that's, you know, like appreciate the sentiment and let them know how much you appreciate it and say, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it back because I don't want to say it back just because you said it first. Yeah. Right? I want to say it when it means something. Or maybe you don't want to say it at all. And yep. that's okay too. But have um, I have either of you guys followed up with thanks before? Someone's like, I love you, and you're like, Thanks. For friends for probably years, because I, I thought it was super weird to ever say I love you to a friend. I was like, mm. I've just noticed um, I'll a- give an example and I'll give a shout out to Bree. My girl Bree, I think she said like, "Oh, I love you, girl!" Like all the time, and I don't know if I said it consistently or maybe it was just once or twice. But it was still was uncomfortable for me to say that to a friend um, because I still had that definition in my mind. Like I have to like have be in a romantic relationship with someone to say this to another person, kind of thing. Until I was like, "No, I love that person. She is a great person. She, I love her to death." You know, and then then I was able to kind of return it and not have it feel so weird and not forced, but like uncomfortable, I guess. But I've noticed a recent I've had a recent trend. Um, I work in the construction industry and I deal with a lot of delivery drivers. Um, They've all of a sudden started ending their phone calls with love you. And it's uh, it's startling to hear it from you know a three hundred and fifty pound bearded brawny paper towel tree chopping down <laughs> plaid shirt construction it. truck driver guy yeah it's uh but it's you get it all I get it all the time and I, sometimes I don't know what to say you know it's sort of like a supervisor on I the phone you, bud. so is this like an industry wide phenomenon or is this just in your particular company like somebody some trendsetter I can only speak from, I can only speak from my employees right? The guys that I directly work with. And it has just suddenly become like, it started out with one or two guys. And now I'd say 75% of the phone calls that I have that are work related end with love you. I think that's incredible because I think in our culture, especially men aren't encouraged to express emotion, um, especially with other men. And so yeah, having that kind of brotherhood is fucking awesome. I have like two comments on that. You know, there's the one where you're mortified that you said I love you on accident on getting <laughs> off of the phone. But right. it's because we're mortified because we've let it become this automatic thing, not something with actual emotion. You know, it's just a, a an exit, you know. Like yeah, how- how many of us have said love you at the end of a work call by accident ordering food (laughs) (laughs) i do love that person they are bringing me food i'm super (laughs) but but so there's that one you know where it's just i don't want it to become something that's so automatic that you just say like love you like i really every time i say it, i want to mean it the other one is um I think kind of with this type of pandemic and things that are a little more serious, people are kind of considering their mortality and their friendships and they're appreciating them a little bit more. I think I've expressed more love towards friends lately because of quarantine and like, fuck, I really miss my friends and I really miss the relationship we have. And so I've, I think I've expressed that more. And so maybe that's the whole love you thing, but. So I got, uh, I got um, something interesting now that we're talking about it. Sorry, Mariah, I didn't mean to step over you. Keep going. My dad just had a heart attack a few days ago. He's, he's doing fine. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't bring it up. No, but he's, he's doing okay. But it was interesting because I I would say that me and my dad have said I love you to each other four times in the entirety of our in lives. In your life? Yeah. I mean, we know that we love each other, right? But I would I would say that the times that I've said I love you and dad said as I love you too, or he said I love you and I've said I love you too back, 
I'm probably at the most six times. At the most. I called him while he was in the hospital, right? My mom called me and she's like, just so you know, your dad's had a heart attack. He's in the emergency room. They're not allowing visitors because of COVID-19, but you should call them just in case. They're taking him down for the thing. And I don't know what the thing was, but they're taking him for the thing. And uh, so I called him and uh, she was like, oh, he's probably going to be mad that I told him or that I told you this is happening. So be cool. So I just acted like, oh, I didn't call him back yesterday. Hey, Dad, didn't get to answer the phone yesterday. I was calling you back. And he's like, oh, the nurse is taking me back to the thing, so I got to go. And I was like, all right, well, I love you. And he was like, yeah. Okay. You didn't say I love you back? Not this time. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I've only met Henry's dad a, a couple, a few times. Um, but I noticed... When, when we saw him yesterday that like Henry said, I love you three different times and his dad didn't say it back. So I think a lot of it's a generational thing. I like think- I think men from your generation feel more comfortable with that than the older guys. It's funny because I grew up in a home. It wasn't verbalized. Yeah, we don't, me and my dad don't verbalize it, but I cannot leave my mom or any of the other women in my family without an I love you and a hug and a a long drawn out goodbye. But my, my dad will literally like, he'll wave from across the room. Get out of here. You're starting to get annoying. <laughs> Move on, kid. And it's, it, well, now, because now we can look at, I love that person. How am I expressing it? Um, you know, and that's where it's different. Even if you feel the love and feel it at the same level as someone else, are you expressing it as the same, the same as somebody, you know, probably not. Everybody expresses their love different. Everybody has their own love language. You know, if you want to bring in those things and those examples, which is very valid, um, tool, which is helpful in relationships, but, um, Cause I'm sure your dad loves you. I'm sure he feels it. Oh yeah. But no, he... I, I don't ever, I don't ever feel yeah. like I'm not loved by my dad. Yeah. But it is. So that's why when we're all like, Oh, that's so sad. It really isn't sad. It is you striking it. when he yeah. says something. So one of the times that I remember him saying that he loved me and he was proud of me was when he came to my graduation from basic training in the army. And he was like, I love you boy. And you know, I'm proud of you. And then another time was when I was on my way for deployment. He dropped me off at the airport. Was like, "Don't go out there and get yourself killed. Love you. Proud of you." That was it. And so, like those times that he hit me with it, I was like, "Oh fuck!" It's like getting punched. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the yeah. impact of it, because I very rarely hear it. The impact was very, sort of like, "Oh, God, Dad, why are you being a dick?" <laughs> I'm going to go cry now. Point two, that when you say it a hundred times a day, it maybe doesn't have the same meaning. It dilutes it. It does. You almost have to find another way to express it um, instead of saying just that I love you. Or, um, you know, because I I try to tell my kids, because I didn't grow up with this, I've probably been told I'm proud of you three times in my life from my parents, you know? Um, and it might be more, but those are just the ones that like really, because when they said it, it was like, Oh, you know? So I try to tell my kids all the time. I'm like, I'm really proud of you for trying hard. I'm really proud that you're such a good kid. You know, all these things. And I'm like, am I deleting it? Oh no. So now I'm going to have to get creative on how I really can make sure that they know. And it's not just words. And of course, you know, I hope my actions follow through, but this is kind of parent child love at this point, you know, what we're talking about, which is still valid. It's still love. And it's still something that quite a few of our listeners I'm sure can relate to. They've been a child and they have a parent at least one time, even if they don't have children of their own. I tease, uh, I tease Jamie all the time because I probably do overdo it with her with the I love you's I'm like I love you you're gorgeous cute butt like all the time like every chance I get I tell her I love her and 
you've seen it, Mariah. And uh, yeah, I have. I'm like, I know this thing. <laughs> I, love, I love you. You're like, you're the best. And like, you're the cutest butt I've ever seen. Come over here and put it on my face and stuff, you know. And uh, she's in the room right now, and she's just kind of like, when you guys were saying, yeah, you can't overdo it. She's over there going like this, and I'm like, no. So <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you say that because it like immediately before you'd even finish the sentence, I can see her over there. Yup. <laughs> yeah Hen- henry's that way with me too like he he tells me he loves me a thousand times a day oh it's really sweet like he's just a very sweet man um but you know a lot of times he'll he'll say i love you so fucking much <laughs> you know like he's almost angry about it um yeah and i think that that a lot of times we just don't have the words to express what we're feeling so that's a that's a good kind of side topic there is um how like what's your love language and how do you like for others to express to you that they love you yeah uh, that's oh, it's one that we don't have any commonalities <laughs> We both have to work, my husband and I, sorry, and I'm bringing up that because I feel like Abby and I are still kind of getting there and still kind of feeling each other out on like what's our strengths. And I don't think we ever even take it the test or whatever, but um, I am a, I, for me to feel loved, I need acts of service and quality time. Um, for my husband to feel loved, it is physical touch and, uh, gifts. No, that's how he expresses it. Anyway, we're all over the board and we never hit on right. So we always have to really, really work really hard to be like, I validate, you know, like you're, I, I'm, I'm validating that you're doing this and I see that you're doing it. It's just missing the mark a little bit, like, you know. So yeah. when I kind of realized that I was like, but I fold your laundry and I do your, and I make you food and your house is clean. Like, do you not realize how much I love you? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that was something, cause that was in my family. That's kind of growing up. That's how you knew someone was thinking of you as they did something for you. That acts of service. Uh, and his, I think it was kind of more of those gifts. And so that's why he's like, oh, I'll give her gifts. And I'm like, this is great. I do like gifts, but to feel loved, it wasn't quite that, you know, but it was just, it's been years, you know, we've been together almost 10 years now of trying to still skirt around it and not skirt around it, fill each other out and then, and, and verbalize what we actually need. Like, and he's had to tell me so many times, he's like, I just need you to come and snuggle me. I just need you to be intimate with me, physically intimate with me. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was working so hard cleaning the house. Now I'm too tired to snuggle. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> shit like that. But I mean, that was probably only one day that that's ever happened. Yeah. But kind of realized, like, oh, I need to put more effort in other things. <laughs> what about you, Pamela? Um, physical touch is probably my main love language. Um, that I enjoy giving and receiving. <laughs> the price. I could have called that one for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting because Bert and Henry hit on all of them really. Um, gifts is probably the one I care least about. But they still will buy like if it's done right, it, it's meaningful to me. So I don't want people to buy me gifts just to buy me a gift. But if it's like a Hey, I was at the store and I got you this food because I know you like it. This chocolate bar or blueberries. <laughs> that means a lot to me. Um, yeah. That makes me feel loved. So, and then, yeah, they, they really do like, they are always asking what they can do for me or, you know, acts of service and, um, marking out time for me. And I don't remember what the other one quality time the, the 
verbal validation. What's that one called? Oh yeah. Words of affirmation. Thank you. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's the other thing. I mean, they're, they're telling me all day long too, that I'm beautiful or gorgeous and that that's my know, third one <laughs> that they love me. And so, um, it's, it's almost hard for me to really know what I need the most because I'm, I'm getting all of it. I know my life is sad. Oh, heartbreaking. So hard. I almost get to the point where, um, like, I like words of affirmation, but then if someone just fills that cup just a touch too much, I'm like, hey, you're done. Like, I'm over <laughs> it. Like, this is now worn it worn out. Like, it yeah. doesn't mean anymore to me. So it's it's a very you have to kind of fill it out. And like sometimes I'm like, like when I'm sick for sure, I'm like, please tell me I'm pretty and I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> like I need words of affirmation when I'm feeling really crappy about myself. <laughs> yeah, that totally makes sense. And you know, I also need groping. Like that's a love language that I guess could fall under the physical touch umbrella, but for me it's a little bit different. I need like, like I need you to specifically yeah. grope me yeah. so that I know you love me. I, you know what? I'd rather have a hand on my boob all night than being spooned all night. <laughs> yeah, right. I like being groped. It's kind of like yeah, just keep hands on me. I love like my butt being swacked. You know, when I walk by, like yeah. I'm like, oh, you're thinking of my cute butt. You know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. So, like please do something inappropriate to me under the dinner table, and no one's watching. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's so funny. I think it's, I think all of that is just to make us feel desirable, right? I, I think that's all it really boils down to. Brady, will you do things for us? You are so sweet. Thank you. You're welcome. You keep changing <laughs> your little name on the screen. And so I'm like, what's going on? I didn't, I, I didn't if, pick that up for a minute. <laughs> if anybody wants to know what's going on on my screen, they can find us at patreon.com forward slash salty sex cast. You can also reach out to us at Twitter, which is salty sex cast. And our Gmail is salty sex cast.com. Uh, no. Oh, salty sex cast at gmail.com. There we go. I we messed, don't have a website yet. It's like the first no, time I mess up. I think we can put all of our stuff on Patreon. Um, we do fun updates and things. Even if you're not a patron, you could get a few things. Um, this was a fun one to really reflect on what I think about love and being in love and my definitions of it. So thank yeah. you, CJ. Yeah, for sure. CJ, you're the best. <laughs> hey, also while um, we're talking about Patreon, I want to give a, a shout out to trysassybox.com. They signed up as one of our Patreon uh, or patrons, and uh, when we were kind of looking at it, we were like, oh, who is this? And so we kind of dug into it a little bit. Sassy Box is a monthly subscription service that provides a wide range of full-size sex toys for that person or couple looking to spice up their sexual experiences. So check those guys out, man. They were uh, they jumped right onto our, our Patreon, and we're excited to have them as part of our community. Yay, thank you, Sassy Box. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I want like a fun box of toys coming to my house every month. Like, <laughs> right? what are we going to do? I'm like, just... I really think that would be kind of fun, um, a challenge too. Because if you're not into something, just trying it. Um, but yeah, I think it's cool. It's such a cool idea. It looks yeah. like a cool, it looks like a cool little service. And so I've been kind of clicking through and looking at some different pages and stuff. And I'm, I'm probably going to try some kind of a subscription. Cool. So, we should put the link to their website up on our Twitter. Yeah, totally. I can do that. So people can check it out. Yeah. But, yeah, so, back. yeah, welcome to the family. Woohoo. All right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Mariah's, <laughs> Mariah's giving me the look. <laughs> the wrap it wrap up it look. Up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that you can start reading right, my guys. facial expressions already. <laughs> no need for words over here. No, then that's no. why I started a podcast because I'm, I'm no need for words. <laughs> Good job, Ryan.
right. Well, you guys, thank you for joining us this week. This is a fun episode. Um, please write to us if you have any comments or suggestions. And uh, we will see you next week. Stay and sexy. Salty. Bye. Puberty. Puberty? Well, puberty's a lot of things. Here's the piece. When you hear about it first, it sounds very strange. Oh, if it really bothers you, you should see a doctor. Then at puberty, certain glands begin to work, and our bodies begin to change. It enlarges the penis itself. And there's a center opening between those two, which is called the vagina. The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help.